You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. All right. Good afternoon. Special time in worship, wasn't it? That was good. Hey, can we just give our band just a big hand clap for today? They've been amazing. Always good. Always good. Easy to preach after some good worship. I'll tell you that. Um, y'all doing all right? Y'all awake out there? You ready to receive? Okay, we got one person's ready to receive. Can you turn around and tell everybody else in your section and say, get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Wake up. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to get to share with you today because I want to, in some ways, I want to continue the message that I started last week that I entitled Fruit Stoppers. If you were here, you, um, you got to hear that, that message, and it was all about the parable of the sower. How many remember the parable of the sower, right? We see the, the farmer who scattered seed. He, he, he scattered it on rocky ground and on all these different types of soil. And what we found is Jesus taught in, in his word that, that the soil actually represents the condition of the heart while the seed is actually the word of God. And when that word, when the word of God falls on our heart, there's, there's an opportunity for fruit to be produced. How many know that God actually wants his followers to produce fruit? We're actually called to bear fruit. In other words, when people are to come and look at our life, they're, when, they, when they come and they get around us, there should be some proof, there should be, there should be some evidence that we are actually following Jesus. What is that evidence? That evidence is fruit. What kind of fruit? Fruit like love, joy, peace, patience. Come on, ain't nobody felt patience on Big Springs Road ever, right? I mean, patience, kindness, that, that, that doesn't exist on Big Springs. We're going to speak kindness and patience on the Big Springs Road in Jesus' name. Come on. See some people, now I got y'all going. Now y'all are believing, right? There, there's this fruit that we are to produce that when people get around us, we don't even necessarily have to talk about it but they actually get it from just being close to us. By watching how we live, by watching how we talk, we're called to bear fruit, but we, we discovered this in the parable of the sower. Guess what? The same seed that produced a hundredfold in one person's life produced nothing in another's. It was the same seed that got thrown out. In other words, it was the same word that went out. And what am I trying to say? I'm saying as powerful as the word of God is, the condition of the heart that it falls on actually matters if it produces fruit or not. It's never the word's fault whether we see fruit in our life or not. No, it's actually the condition of our heart. What kind of soil is that seed falling on? Because when it falls on fertile soil, Jesus teaches us it'll produce 30, 60, and even 100 fold. You see, there, there happens to be in, in Scripture a lot of talk about the heart. Today I want to continue to talk around the subject of, of the heart. How is our heart? What is in our heart? Because you, know, you look throughout Scripture and God kind of makes it a point to, to let us know that the heart is actually really important to him. In fact, you, you remember the story about Samuel going to Jesse's house, trying to find the next king, and what do we see? We, we see God telling the prophet, hey, don't look on the outer appearance. Don't look on the outward appearance. And then, and then God said something like this. He said, man looks on the outward appearance, 
But God looks on the Where does God look? He looks on the heart. What is God interested in? He's interested in our heart. What is he, what is he uh, most concerned about? He's most concerned about this part of us that makes decisions, this part of us that gets influenced by the Holy Spirit or by our flesh, this part of us that it's, it's, if we were to describe who we actually are, it is our soul, it is our heart, it's our mind, our will, our emotions, this part of us that actually lives by the values and the character that is within us. It's the heart, it's the, the soul, the innermost part of our being. Do you look at your neighbor and say, God's looking at your heart? <laughs> okay, you don't have to, but you already did. Good job. I always make y'all do awkward things with your neighbor. Like, I don't even know this person. Stop making me talk to them. I'm never coming back if you keep doing this. All right. See, God is, he's looking at our heart. See, the reason I want to, uh, to talk to you about your heart today is because the truth is this, whatever is present in your heart will determine the path of your feet. Whatever is present in your heart will determine the path that you take. Whatever is present in your soul will actually begin to influence the decisions you make, the thoughts that you have, the choices that you go with or don't go with. It actually affects everything. Scripture teaches us that whatever is in the heart will actually come out. See, the things that get in our inner world will come out in the outer world. Some of y'all looking at me like, are you, are you sure that's true? Well, open your Bible to Proverbs chapter 4. I want to prove it by scripture today, how important the heart is. This is obviously a, a, a book of wisdom, a book of, of principles and sayings that are, are to, to affect our life and to help us in life. And look at what the author said in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. He said to guard your heart above all else. What are we to guard above all else? We guard our heart. It doesn't say to guard our relationships above all else. It doesn't say to guard our home above all else or our, our, our finances or the things that we have. Or, no, 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 our marriage. No, it doesn't say any of that. It says to guard your heart above all else. And he goes on to tell us why. He says, for it determines the course of your life. Strong statement, right? Guard your heart above all else because it actually determines the course of your life. I love what the NIV says. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. The reason you came to church today is because there's something in your heart that made you want to come to church today. The reason you lifted your hands today is because there's something in your heart that God has done and you had to honor and glorify and lift your hands during worship. The reason you're not falling asleep to my message today is because you actually have some love for the word of God and you want it to affect your life. No matter how bad the preaching may be, you're going to pay attention, right? Because you have something on the inside of you that appreciates and respects and honors what God has to say in his word. You see, we got to guard our heart above all else because everything that we do, it actually flows from it. Hear me today. I think it's, it's, it's imperative that we as believers, we actually learn how to look after our heart. Today we're going to talk about how you look after your heart. How do you actually guard your heart? Are you feeding your heart? What are you putting in your heart? What are some of the things that are in your heart that need to get out? Because whatever's in there is going to produce out here. We have to begin to learn how to look after our heart. 
I want to title the message, Matters of the Heart. Matters of the Heart. Would you pray with me? Yeah, Jesus, we thank you. <clears throat> we open up our heart to you right now. Yeah, we just ask that your word would come in and just cut deep. It would penetrate. It would show us the things and the areas of our life where um, we're, we're doing good and maybe not doing so good. We want it to actually change us today. So we say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, you are the leader. You are the guider in scripture. You guide people into all truth. And so Holy Spirit, we invite you to guide us. Guide us today into all truth. Yeah, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 Um, just by a show of hands, I want to I kind of see how many of you actually go to the grocery store to shop? Like you actually go act... See, this has happened in Lubbock, too. I can't believe there's so many people. How many of you have found salvation and you use Walmart delivery? Anybody? Grocery delivery? You got the, you got, see, y'all know what's up. You see those hands? Y'all need to go talk to them afterwards because it is the best thing ever. I, I don't know if y'all know this or not. This is just a little side note. You didn't know you were going to get this at church today. People deliver groceries to your door. It's the 21st century. It means you, hear me, you don't have to go to Walmart anymore. Oh, y'all didn't get it over here. You don't have to go to Walmart anymore. See, hey, you don't have to go to Walmart anymore. Okay, see, some of y'all are getting it. No, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, um, we, we, we go shopping. I think this analogy will apply whether you go in person or you get on the app and, and choose your groceries. But how many have actually gone grocery shopping hungry? Anybody ever gone to the grocery store hungry before? What happens, what happens when you go to the grocery store hungry? Things get in your basket that should have never got in your basket, right? You, th th there's something about when you, when you go hungry, you can't help. When you, when you go past the Oreos, you're getting all kinds of different Oreos, right? You're not just getting Oreos, you're getting all the different kinds. Double stuff, thin, mint, all of it, just get in, right? If you go past the Little Debbie's, oh, oatmeal cream pies are for sure getting in the basket, right? It's like when you go hungry, it's like you don't have this, maybe this ability to, to say no. It's interesting what happens whenever we're empty, what can actually get in to our life. You see, we, we experience the same thing when we go to, uh, or we experience the opposite when we go to, go to our favorite restaurant. And if you're anything like me, you kind of sit down, you get the appetizer, and you eat too much of the appetizer, because if you, if you go anywhere, the appetizer you should get is chips and salsa always, right? And so you're going you're gonna to get full on that before the meal ever shows up. And then you eat your entree, and then this, this, this funny thing happens every time you go to a restaurant, the waiter or waitress comes to your table, and they ask you one last question. What's the question that they ask? They say, did you save any room for dessert? How many, I haven't saved room for dessert in 15 years, right? There, I haven't said yes, I've saved room like one time. Like not one single time, right? How many, anybody else, you just get way too full on the entree and we're just like, well, what do you have the ability to do? Dessert? It's, who doesn't want dessert? Everybody wants dessert. But because you're full, you're able to say, I, I don't have any room for that. What would happen if maybe they brought out the desserts at your favorite restaurant before you ever sat down and began to eat? We would eat the dessert, right? You see, there's something that happens when we get full. There's this power, this ability that we have that 
We don't actually see when we're empty. See, we all really, really, we, we understand this when it comes to our physical body, don't we? We understand this when it comes to our stomach. We understand how if we, if, we put all, if we put all the right things in, we get full on the right things, it's really, really hard for the wrong things to get in. And what I want you to understand today is that your heart actually works the exact same way. That your soul operates the same way. That if your soul is empty, it will find a way to get full. Your soul is actually hungry. Your soul, even right now, it is feeding on something. When you leave today, it will be feeding. When you wake up tomorrow, your soul will be looking to get fed. Your emotions, your mind, your will, this part of this, this inner you, it's actually going to be looking to get fed by something. And I wonder how many of us are living a life where we're not keeping our soul full and it's kind of like going to the grocery store when we're hungry and there's things getting into our life that have no business ever getting in there. I wonder what would happen if we had a heart so full of the word of God, a soul so, so full of, of his ways and his principles and his wisdom and his understanding and the vision that he has for our life, that we would be so full that, that when the enemy comes to our table, so to speak, and says, hey, do you have any room for offense? Do you have any room for lust? Do you have any room for discouragement? Do you have any room for fear? I'm, 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 I want to get some anxiety and some fear into your life. I wonder if we, we could be so full that we just kind of laugh him off like we do the waiter. And say, you know, nice try, but I'm full. What am I, what am I trying to say to you today? You see, it's very scriptural. Where we've all, we all know the scripture that we're supposed to guard our heart, Right? But can I tell you, there's a, there's, a, there's a higher level, there's a deeper level to guarding your heart. That we can actually, guarding our heart doesn't look like us just stopping bad things from getting in. It actually looks, looks like us filling our heart up with godly things. It actually look, looks like us filling, filling ourselves up with his ways and all that he does so much so that there's actually no room for anything else to get in. That we're not dealing with the same thing over and over and over again. I'm not just talking about sin. I'm talking about all the things that we experience in life. Insecurity, discouragement, fear, lack, all these things that try to come in. And you know, what, you know what's happening? The enemy would love nothing more to find a little bitty crack in your heart. Because here's what he knows. If I can get in the heart, it'll start to determine their steps. If I, can make, if I can get in there and just plant a little seed, oh, maybe it could start to bear fruit. And instead of making decisions out of faith, they'll start making decisions out of fear. Come on, I'm not, I don't, don't want to condemn you tonight. I want to expose the enemy tonight. That's what I'm trying to do. You see, because what's in our heart actually determines the course of our life. Proverbs chapter 22, um, verse 17 says this. It says, listen to the words of the wise. Apply your heart, notice what it says here, apply what? Your heart, your soul. Apply your heart to my instruction. And then verse 18 makes an interesting statement. He says, for it is good to keep these sayings in your heart and always ready on your lips. 
Notice what the wisest man in, in, in all the world is, is teaching us as believers. He's saying, you know what would really be good for you is to actually live a life where you keep the sayings of God in your life. These principles, like he, he's actually even referring to, to his own principles that he's teaching in the book of Proverbs. He's saying these sayings that you're reading about, he's saying that this word, he says, keep it in your heart. Jesus said it this way, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. We talked about that last week, right? What, what's supposed to, how do we remain in Jesus? We let his words remain. We let his words remain. How do we get his words to remain in our heart? We have to hear them more than one time. We have to read them more than one time. I'm even going to say this. We actually have to memorize scripture. Yeah, it wasn't just some cool Sunday school thing that the, your Sunday school was trying to teach you. No, there's actually a really big principle here that if we actually would remember and memorize and have scripture coming through day in, day out, filling up our heart, it would enable us to keep things in our heart, which would then give us the power to overcome anything that tries to get in that doesn't belong. Are y'all following me tonight? He says, keep these things in your heart. I wish, he, I wish he really didn't say the next part because then he, he, he goes on to say, keep them in your heart and always ready on your lips. That kind of takes it to another level, right? Because someone could, could come to you and be like, man, you, you, you know a lot of scripture, right? You're like, uh-huh, I sure do. Give me one. I know a lot of it, okay? I, it's, it's, it's in here. It's in my heart. No, no, and he's saying, no, it needs to be so in here that it comes out of here. It needs to be so... Yeah, it's, it's, you're abiding, his words are abiding in you so much that you can recall them. How many of you know you, you don't always have access to your Bible every time that something bad happens to you? You, you, you know, you don't, you don't have someone cut you off in traffic and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I need some scripture right now. No, no, that's dangerous, number one. Don't do that. You actually need something here so much so it's lodged in, you've kept it in your heart that begins to come out of your mouth. I, uh, as I was preparing this message, I just could not get this story out of my head. And, um, you know, so my wife is going to have to forgive me. I already told everybody in Lubbock. Now everybody's going to know, all right? It's going out on YouTube later. Like all 14 people who watch this message are going to be know all about Natalie. Um, but she was, uh, when she was in high school, she was a basketball player. She played in college. She was a, I mean, she was, she was a baller. Let me just, I'm not just bragging on my wife. She was really good. And I'm especially in small town, Valley, Turkey, Texas. Anybody know where Turkey, Texas is? Yeah, so that's where she grew up. Just to kind of give you a quick background, Turkey, Texas and Kitty Quay, Texas, they come together to make a six-man school. And you know that was possible. Like, how can you be that small? She grew up in a school where it was first grade through 12th grade, and it was all on the same hall, all right? Everyone's there, right? And so she was, she was a, I mean, she was good enough to get a scholarship to college, so you can imagine how good she was in the small town, right? She was the only person on her team that could dribble with her left hand. I mean, it was bad there, right? And, and, and so... Every team, when she was coming to town, like, they knew about Natalie. And they were going to put their best player on her, and they were going to guard her. So she's in this one. I can't remember where she's at. She's in this small town. And um, 
you can tell they had a plan for her. And it was this, this girl was guarding her and she was just picking at her the whole game. She was just all over her, grabbing her jersey. We, Natalie would post her up. She'd be pinching her, messing with her, fouling with her, just playing hard against her. And the refs weren't calling anything. Typical high school refs, you know what I mean? They're just, they have the, the hardest job in all of the world, by the way. I feel sorry for you. If you're a ref today, come up after service. Home church pastors, come up. We're going to lay hands on them and bless them, all right? But like, she's, she's uh, getting aggravated by this player who's guarding her. And so she has this thought, and y'all got to know, Natalie is a really, really sweet woman until she steps on the basketball court. It's like possession. Something takes over, right? And she becomes a whole different person. And so she was so tired of this person picking at her. She, she had this thought. She's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to post up, and I'm going to wait till the ball swings across the court. And as soon as it does, I'm going to pivot and just throw a little elbow out, and I just want to crack her in the nose. That's all I want to do. <laughs> this made me love my wife so much more when I found out this story. So she, that's what she's planning in her head. Well, the ball reverses. She goes to pivot, and she swings, and her elbow hits this girl right in the mouth, knocks her front teeth out on the basketball court. Yes. Yes, don't judge her, okay? She said, I could, no, don't judge her. I mean, the girl hit the ground and blood was going everywhere. She later found out at a track meet months later that they, this girl had to have like extensive dental work, like thousands of dollars. And Natty was like, well, she shouldn't have been messing with me, you know what I mean? <laughs> now that's a, that's, a, that's a good story in and of itself, but we didn't find out until about two years ago that when this happened, you know, after she, she kind of bloodied up this girl, well, the refs, well, the fans were going nuts, all right? All 40 of them were going crazy, right? And it was half the town was there, and they were, they were going crazy. And so the refs just called three quick fouls on her and fouled her out of the game. I mean, we're completely unfair. Some of y'all are thinking, she just knocked someone's teeth out. Doesn't matter. You can't just call fouls for no reason, right? Well, I didn't, we didn't find out until about two years ago that her dad waited in the parking lot till everybody left and waited until the refs walked out into the parking lot. And we asked him what happened. Uh, actually, we asked him, what, what did you say? He's like, I'm not repeating what I said, but I said everything that I wanted to say. <laughs> in fact, when he told the story, he got red and was kind of shaking. As he, he was, he's still mad. He's still mad about it. And for some reason, I just could not get this picture out of my head and this story out of my head. But I think it's actually a, a great example of, of the, the attitude and in, 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 in the, uh, the, the truth that we should actually have planted in our heart. See, hear me today. When, 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 the, when the evil one, when the devil or just the world comes and tries to steal something from you and he wants to do something unfair to you and he wants to, to, to make his way known and get away with something, there should be truth in our heart that confronts anything that comes up against what God has promised for us. Yeah. That, that there's truth waiting in the parking lot, so to speak. There, we, we filled our heart up and our soul up with so much of God's ways and his promises and his truth that when something comes like a fence, it better be a big flipping deal for it to actually get into our heart. Are you hearing me today? As believers, can I just say this? It should be really hard for you to get offended. 
it should actually be really, really hard for you to get offended. I'm not saying that you can, that this, you'll never get offended or you should feel bad if you've gotten offended or that you're offended right now. No, I'm not beating you up. I'm saying there should be so much forgiveness that the truth of his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy that you've deposited into your life, that when offense comes, uh oh, hold on a second, grace, mercy, and love are waiting in the parking lot. Hold on, hold on, offense. You don't just get to, you don't just get to get in and, and, and plant and put some roots down and start bearing fruit in my life. See, I'm, I believe we're called to live a higher way. A higher way being we don't just wait for the enemy to hurt us and then we go back in after the fact and let God come in and heal us and fix us all up. That's all good and great and he does that. But you know what's better than needing, than, you know what's better than getting healed? Not even needing to be healed. You see, he's called us to live in a higher way where we're so full of his word that we knock that seed of offense out before it even becomes a tree. Many of us, many Christians, they're having to deal with things in their life. They're having to come in and deal with matters of the heart simply because they did not keep their heart full and stop that thing from ever even planning in the first place. Unforgiveness should be hard to get in. Insecurity, jealousy, we should, we should, we should have filled our, our life with the, the fact that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, so much so, we believe that truth so much, oh, that when comparison and jealousy start to come, when insecurity start to come, what happens? They just, get, they just get hit by something. Hold on a second. Why are you feeling insecure? Stop that crap. Sorry. I'm kind of getting a little bit preachy. Can I get preachy for a second? Like, quit. Stop. We, we should recognize that doesn't belong. That doesn't get to get rooted in this heart. I can't afford to let fear get in. I can't afford to let insecurity get in. I can't afford to let comparison get in because I know what happens if it gets in the heart. It starts to determine the course of my life. If you are offended, oh, you better watch out with the decisions that you're making in your life. Because you'll think it's God, but it's actually the offense that's talking. That one went over really well just then. Isn't it true? What's in our heart? Whatever's in our heart determines the course of our life. I've, I've told this story many times, but one of the things that I've, I've really dealt with um, in my past, even in my family, is anxiety. And um, playing sports, I dealt with anxiety to a, just a, a, a really like, large, big level. Um, it, I would get so anxious and so fearful before games it would quite honestly just even steal the joy of playing right out of it. Um, I mean, I would get sick to my stomach. Like, it was just, it was just miserable. Then I ran into a, a guy, and he began to mentor me, and he began to, to teach me how to, uh, to declare the word of God, to pray the word of God over my life. Change my life forever. What I began to do is I would... <laughs> 
we always played on Saturdays. And so Friday night, about five or six o'clock, guess what, guess what would come? The anxiety would start to come. It would just start to settle in. Go to sleep nervous, wake up nervous, dream nervous. I mean, it was just nervous till that first snap. I mean, it, it would, quite honestly, you didn't know at the time, but it, was, it was torturing me. Then when I learned, I didn't have to live that way. When I learned the power of reading and declaring the word of God over your life, I started to do something. I would wake up on Saturday mornings. I'd drive to the locker room and park my truck in the parking lot. And I wouldn't get out. I would stay right in there and I would open my Bible. And I, would have, I had about 10, 11, 12 scriptures that I would just begin to read and declare over my life. Oh, come on, Keith. You're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Oh, he surrounds you with favor as a shield. Oh, just like Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with both God and man, you're growing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Oh, yeah, Lord, I thank you that my performance today on this field doesn't have anything to do with how you see me, how you love me, what you think of me. Oh, it's, I would even, even start to get, get perspective on my life. This is just a dumb football game. Life is so much more than this. And I would just begin to read his word and read his word and read his word. What was I doing? I didn't know I was doing this at the time. You know what I was doing? I was actually attacking. I was actually filling up my soul with him. I was filling up my heart with his ways. His ways are higher than our ways. His principles, his, his, his thoughts are deeper than our thoughts. I began to fill up. And what, what, what soon would happen? I left no room for anxiety. The anxiety would subside. The fear would actually go. And if you would have saw how I walked into my how how I walked into my truck that day and how I walked out, it was completely different. Oh, I'd walk out of that truck like I was ready to be a linebacker and hit some people, and I was just a pansy quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm ready to destroy people, but I that, that's not what I do. I just throw the ball. <laughs> I was ready to fight because his word got so big on the inside of me that I realized I'm, I'm so much more than I could even think of of myself. In him, I'm so much more. In him, I'm so much bigger. In him, you're so much stronger. In him, you're so much more powerful. In him, you're so, much, you're so full of courage. In him, you're so much smarter. In him, you're so much wiser. You can't get a little God in you and it not affect you. Let me say that again. You can't get a little God in you and it not affect you in a big way. All you need is just a little bit of God. You wanna, you wanna start guarding your heart? You want to start keeping things from getting in? Start filling it up. Begin to fill it up. Many of you already know where you're supposed to start filling up. <laughs> you're supposed to start filling up in the areas that you struggle. I know there's some of you here, and you wake up, and before you even have a thought, you feel fear and anxiety in your body. I know it. I've been there. Even got to thinking the other day, how, how is it that I wake up and before I even have a thought that is supposed to produce anxiety, I already feel anxious when I get up. There's a whole nother realm that's going on.
That's why it's so important that we're filling up, that we're full, that our soul is full. I don't know why I keep hearing this example, but you want to know the truth? Sometimes what happens to me on Monday after I preach, I, I get embarrassed about how I acted and preached on stage. I start thinking about the things that I said, the ways that I moved, the jokes that I made, how bold and how courageous I was in some moments. And I'll actually begin to get, get embarrassed about it. You wanna know why that happens? It's because when God actually comes on you and, you, and faith begins to rise in you, you begin to act in a different way than you're used to. You begin to talk different. You begin to, to, to see different. You begin to act different. You begin to think different. In fact, you may even come across a little bit prideful and cocky. And can I just say, we need that a little bit if it's from him. Because that's not what it actually is. It's the confidence of the Lord that is resting upon your life. You're so full of him, you can't be full of anything else. Full of him. Full of him full of them. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.